Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Just a little more time is all we're asking for. Cause just a little more time could open closing doors. Just a little uncertainty can bring it down. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered Presents Toxic Tuesday. I'm your host, Trey Wilson, and this is the trade deadline edition of Toxic Tuesday. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, like the song opening up there, Never Surrender. That seems to be Mark Bergevin's uh, swan song. That seems to be what he wants to do is not surrender the season. I mean, there's six points out, but they're what? Two games in hand. Toronto got two games in hand. Florida got three, or Toronto got one, and whatever. Uh, it's really looking like a long shot, even though Florida and Toronto are playing all that great. But neither is Montreal, and they have to overcome at least six points plus those extra games. And let's be honest, I don't really see this happening. No one really sees it happening, but uh, apparently Mark Bergevin, Molson, and everyone else sees it happening. So the deadline for me went as expected. Uh, I wasn't expecting really Petrie or Tatar to get moved. Uh, I'm not sure why everyone's crying over that because uh, it was pretty much said a month ago, unless something knocked him off his feet, he wasn't going to get moved. And I don't think a first round uh, pick in the round the 20th some odd pick was going to knock Bergevin off his feet. Uh, personally, I would have took it. Uh, so I'm going to approach this kind of two ways here. I'm going to take it from one side of the what uh, people think he could have got and what he wants to do. And we're going to take it on the side of the people who are okay with what he did, which is very few, very minimal. J.D. Uh, Lorang is one of them. Uh, Brian Wilde's on the other side who thinks. And then I'm going to take it as to what Bergevin did in his presser. So here's how this is going to work out. So <coughs> first I'm going to take it on the side that people that may be happy with this. So uh, basically, if you look at it in this point of view, uh, Tatar and Petrie were the two top uh, was the top defenseman and the top winger available at the uh, draft. So, or uh, sorry, at the deadline. And well, uh, yeah. So, if they're the most top guys available at the deadline, Montreal got them and basically gave up nothing for them. If you look at it that way. Uh, however, um, yeah, and you know, Montreal still feels like they could make the playoffs this uh, season. I don't know why, but they do. So if that's the case, then they kept the players they felt they needed to uh, 
uh, make the playoffs this season and push for the playoffs next season uh, when they're all healthy. Now, if you look at uh, the team when healthy, they're pretty much the same team as the year before and the year before that. So they're about a 96 or sorry, the year before, and this year they're about a 96-point team. When healthy, everyone works right. No one gets uh, injured. Everyone plays to pretty much their career best and does whatever. Uh, you're going to have guys who are going to play better. You're going to have guys who are going to play less, but it's all going to balance out, and they're around a 96-point team. Uh, you look at uh, the team when not healthy, and you have what we have now. You have a 86-84 point team is what they're probably going to finish with unless they go on this big... 14-4 run or whatever it is they need to do to make the playoffs. Um, so if that's the case, if that's what they're going to do, then uh, then that that's what you have. That's the two teams you have, basically. Healthy, kind of a playoff team based on the way it's going to go this year. Not healthy, not a playoff team. If Bergevin's looking at it, say, hey, if these guys get all healthy and we have a team like we did the two years ago, we can make the playoffs next year. We need Tatar and Petrie to do that. All right, great, cool bonus whatever uh so i'm going to trade off these ufas and one rfa and cousins and get some draft picks that are whatever they are like kovalchuk got a third uh, scandela got a second uh cousins got a fourth and then uh, thompson got a fifth and pekka got a seventh and a couple in a in a in a prospect or a minor ahl player uh so that's the positive side of this. So you're looking at it as, hey, this team with this core, what this team is, if they're all healthy, they can make the playoffs next year, but we need everybody there, to like Tatar and Petrie, and we can do it. We can probably, do, and hopefully we can do it this year. That's the positive side. So the negative side. Well, and the negative side really, to me, goes into the presser. Uh, Bergevin's presser was back and forth. Uh, he was like, uh, to be an elite team, you got to build through the draft. In order to build through the draft, you need, you know, draft picks. Yet, he had a perfect opportunity to grab probably two first-round draft picks. Yes, they're going to be in the 20s, yes, or whatever, but they're still first-round draft picks. And probably uh, two top prospects uh, for Petrie and uh, Tatar. Um, now, I'm not in the dealing. I don't know what it is. Maybe no one wanted to give up prospects. Maybe they just wanted to give draft picks. And, okay, fine, I understand that. Because I don't think I would do it either if it's just four draft picks. Uh, but uh, they had an opportunity here to have maybe like a Petretti-type deal uh, where they can get a first-round pick and a, uh, a top uh, prospect or at least a high-level prospect uh, in, a, in, a, in a trades for Tatar and Petrie. Uh, and if that's the case and you want to build through the draft, then why why didn't you do that? Why why didn't you go and trade these guys up? You're not you're not making the playoffs this season. Uh, make those trades, sell off like you sold off Scandella and Cousins and Thompson and everybody else and Kovalchuk because that's what you looked like you were doing. You were selling. So if that's the case, if that's what you were doing, then why are we? Why did you not get rid of Tatar and Petrie? It's a seller's market. Um, you could have uh, you know. You would have three draft picks, first round draft picks. You could probably took the two late ones, traded them for an earlier uh, first one. You could have done anything like that, and uh, and he didn't go that route. And he really contradicted himself by not going that route by saying you've got to build through the draft. Well, yeah, we have 14 picks in the draft, but only one first round pick. So really, 
is that is that what you're doing? Um, and if you're trying to make the playoffs this year, is that first round pick? Because then if you make the playoffs, you're you're picking in the twenties. Uh, so you know, like, or you're at least picking above sixteen anyway, uh, seventeen or higher. So. You know, you say in the presser that uh, after the eighth pick of the first round, it's a crapshoot. Well, you know, drafts take luck. We're billing through the draft, but the draft's lucky. Uh, the, the presser is what really got me down. Not so much the trades or the trade deadline. Uh, everything that happened in the trade didn't like exactly how I expected it would go. Everyone who got traded off is exactly who I thought would get traded off. Uh, who didn't get traded. I didn't think Petrie or Tatar were going to go. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if one of them went, specifically Tatar. Uh, and at the start, I thought, oh, maybe he will trade Tatar. Uh, Petrie leaves a glaring hole. I could see why he would keep him and wait a year. But Tatar, uh, you could fill that in with a UFA in the offseason or uh, one of the other players stepping up, like uh, Domi or Druin taking his spot, and then one of the rookies coming in, uh, like Evans or Cotty and Emmy and Paling, uh, making up for the loss of points there. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that didn't happen. And, I, you know, it didn't shock me. It didn't shock me it didn't happen because, again, I wasn't expecting him to go. He made no indication of anything beforehand that Tatar or Petrie were going to get traded at the deadline. And they didn't. So I, I don't understand why people are up in arms about that, of how he didn't do it. Uh, I can understand them being upset as to why he didn't do it, but they shouldn't have been shocked that it didn't happen, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um but in the presser, he was just all over the place. It was, uh, we got to build through the draft. But in the draft, you got to be lucky. Uh, uh, the reporters asked good questions. They, they, I really enjoyed. They said, you know, you've drafted whatever, and you've never come up with a 70-point player. And then that's when he's like, oh, well, drafts are a crapshoot. Well, in the Kotkaniemi situation, which people are going to allude to, um, I think the, I, uh, he's 19. I don't think it's it's done with Kotkaniemi. Do I think he's going to be a 70-point uh, score? Eh, probably not. 50s to 60s, probably. Suzuki, I think, is going to be the seven-point guy, which we didn't draft, but we traded for, and that's fine. Um, and uh, really, with Cotton Enemy, they picked for need. They didn't pick for uh, uh, the best player available, which would have been, in my opinion, Kachuk. Uh, they, they picked for need, and, and again, it was no surprise. The what lady was surprised, but uh, none of us were supplied. Uh, Blaine and Matt and I, who were there, we knew they were going to pick Kotkinemi because everything pointed to Kotkinemi, and uh, and that's where they went for. Was it the 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 right pick? I don't think we'll know for another couple of years, to be honest with you, because uh, what's happening with Kotkinemi and Paling in the AHL now is really good. Uh, I don't think Paling is going to be this superstar stud that everyone thinks he's going to be. I think he's again another maybe 60 point guy maybe that's that's getting pretty high uh but i'm uh, i'm getting kind of off topic here but so to, to go with the trade deadline and with the presser the deadline didn't bother me so much the presser really did and uh i, I truly believe that bergman needed to be more he 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 i have to agree with lori here uh, uh she on she wrote he stuck between two lanes and he really got to pick what he wants to do here i think he 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 really feels for some reason that they're going to make the play they could make the playoffs this year and he real feels that they can next year. And that's fine. Uh but things in the offseason really got to get done. So when we come back from the break, uh, that's what we'll talk about. We'll talk about if he has this plan that he wants to get done, what's he going to do with that plan and what he will need to do in the offseason to make this team better than what it is right now 
or what it was last year because basically that's the only way he's making it into the playoffs. Uh, so we'll be right back after these uh, commercials. All right. Successful companies find unconventional answers. That's why Zamboni Keepers is your source for wins. When you need someone to hold down your fort, when your normal goalie is out injured, we have the answer for you. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER. We have a Zamboni driver available in a rink near you, ready to play nets. For only the cost of a team jersey, our Zamboni experts will be able to face your league's most expensive and nationally overhyped offensive players and provide your team the chance to win. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER and win. Welcome back to the second half of Trade Deadline Toxic Tuesday. Yes, we're lost together with Bergevin and company. Uh, so, as I said before, um, I, I was pretty much satisfied with the deadline deal just because everything went the way I figured it would go. Uh, the pressers, what really kind of, I wouldn't say pissed me off, but disappointed me because I mean, you know, he just contradicted himself and danced around. He was a perfect politician, which I guess GMs have to be to some point, but at least give some answers, give some direction of, of what you're doing and where you're going. If you're building through the draft, then build through the draft. If you're not, then say, hey, we're going to build through the draft, but you know what? I really think we're going to be the team to do it, and uh, maybe that's what he said and not so many words or whatever, but I don't know. I wasn't. I was not happy with the presser. So having said that, if this is what he wants to do, if he wants to improve the team uh, uh, going forward and make the playoffs next year and be a playoff team and, and build for the future at the same time, which I think is the wrong thing to do, but hey, that's what he's doing, and I guess so far it's been okay. Uh, he's missing playoffs, and I'm okay with missing playoffs as long as there's a right direction, and there was up until, I guess, yesterday. Um then he really has to have a stellar offseason. And by stellar offseason, he has to fill the holes that he needed to fill the past five, six years. That means he needs a top puck-moving left-handed defenseman. He needs a backup goalie that's going to play about 30 games and be successful at it. Now, the backup goalie situation could easily be fixed this year because there is a lot of good UFA 
goalies on the market uh, that he can sign for one or two years. Robin Leonard comes to mind. I would throw money at him, and he could be our backup goalie. He'd be the perfect backup goalie for Price, in my opinion. Uh, he's a good goalie. He can win you games. I mean, he's not playing so great in Chicago. He has a 301 uh, goals against average and an uh, 890 something uh, uh, save percentage. However, uh, Chicago hasn't really been that great. But uh, Robin Leonard proved in the past he can play. Uh, Anton Kaboden is another guy you could pick up as a great backup. He's been a career backup and a successful career backup with Boston and Dallas and everywhere he's been. Uh, Craig Anderson, starting goaltender in Ottawa, he could come in and become a backup goaltender to carry Price and be successful. So the backup goaltending can help the team. So you add the backup goaltender. Let's say that gets you five, ten more wins than what you would have had the year before. Now you're in the 100-point one. As long as everyone stays healthy and everyone plays to the expectations of they play to. Domi gets 60 points. Druin gets 60 points. Uh, Petrie gets 40. Weber gets 40. Price wins 30 games. Yada, yada, yada. Gallagher gets 30 goals. Suzuki gets 50, 60, 70 points or whatever he could get next year. Uh, as long as all that happens, then... Everything's good. All right, so what happens if Druin gets injured again? What happens if uh, Gallagher gets injured again? Now where are we going? Now we don't have the depth. <clears throat> or maybe we do. Maybe KK, Kotiemi, and Paling are, are, are going to be the depth. I don't know, but we don't have the depth. So now he has to go out and either trade or get someone that can play top six minutes and fill in when someone gets hurt. So as of right now, we have uh, Gallagher, Dano, Tatar, uh, Armia, Suzuki, and Drouin, uh, Domi, Lekkinen, and Byron, and then Evans, Wheel, and Weiss, I would say, I guess is the third, fourth line. I don't know. So these guys get hurt. Who, who's coming in here? Uh, Byron can move up, I guess. Armia can move up. But then now you're losing on the third line. Paley can come in, I guess, and play the wing. Uh, you really don't have anyone in the minors. Now, uh, you do have some maybe guys coming through the system that can play that. I, I, I truly believe Jake Evans uh, will be on the Montreal Canadiens next next year. I believe that either Paling or Kotkin and Emmy will also be with the Canadiens next year. Uh, probably Paling before Kotkin and Emmy if they want him to stay another year in Laval and uh, whatever. Um Domi can move to the wing if uh, Paling or KK can play the the third uh, third line center. He moved it, so that that gives you a little bit of flexibility there. But then you got to hope that Domi doesn't fall off like he did this year. You got to hope Druin doesn't get hurt and fall off. I don't think Druin's fall off. I think he his wrist thing is really bothering him. Uh, people can throw him under the bus all you want. I think he did an excellent job in the off season to get himself prepared for this year to be a different player. And I think the injury just derailed him. Um, that's my personal opinion. You can, you know, throw him under the bus. What Domi's another guy. I think Domi's just in a spot where he doesn't know if he's a center. He doesn't know if he's a winger. He doesn't know where he's playing, and it's throwing his game off. And uh, personally, I think Domi should be a winger, although he seems to be more comfortable at center. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, so this is what's got to happen. So the goaltending issue can be fixed. So Mark Bergman, if you're listening to this podcast and I'm pretty sure you do. Uh, then you really got to. This is the perfect opportunity to get that goaltender you've been looking for for three, four years now. Um, now, 
you also need to go out and I I still think we need a star player. We don't have a star player on the team. We have a bunch of second-line players on any other team in the NHL. So our top line is basically the second line on any other team. I'm okay with that. Uh, St. Louis pretty much has the same thing. St. Louis doesn't have a star 80, 100-point player. Uh, But we don't really have a 70-point player. Let's be honest. Suzuki could turn into one. Domi's not really a 70-point guy. Druin's not a 70-point guy. Uh, Deneau's not a 70-point guy. Gallagher's no one's a 70-point guy. And that's what we need. We need a consistent 70-point guy on the team. Now, they could go sign Kovalchuk and bring him back. Personally, I don't care if we sign Kovalchuk and bring him back. Thanks. You were great. You came in. You brought lots of energy. You were great in the room. You know, you died off near the end there. One point in your last seven games before uh, you got traded to Washington. Um, yeah, sure, bring him in. He, he's good. I, I, I'm i okay if you don't bring him in, though, at, at, at the deadline. Uh, what we need, though is that puck-moving left-handed defenseman. So use your draft picks, use your prospect pool, get that defenseman. Get it. Go out and get it. Like, you, you don't have a choice now. You, you you pretty much said you want to make the playoffs next year. You did nothing at the trade deadline to... You said you wanted to build through the draft or you wanted to get to uh, the playoffs next year. You've done nothing at the trade deadline to say you want to build through the draft. Uh, you kind of half-sold without really selling your big assets. You just sold the ones that everyone knew you were going to sell. And now in this offseason, you really got to make a splash if you want to make the playoffs next year. And then you got to... What's your goal? Is your goal just to make the playoffs? Because if that's the case, then now you really threw me for the loop because I thought you were trying to build for a long-term contender. Uh, you're only two or three players away, I believe, from a, a, a annual playoff team, and then you fill your holes in, and then you got a contender. Uh, but what's your goal? If your goal is just playoffs, uh, then you're just like every other GM Montreal's had for the past 25 years. If your goal is to build that long-term contender, plus compete and maybe make the playoffs, fine, do that. If you're going to build a long-term contender, do it now. You have two years. Two years to do it, and then you're done. Uh, You'll be 10 years into your tenure, and if we're just the same team, rinse, wash, repeat is what I'm hearing a lot. And really, I think you've been different. I don't think you're quite rinse. Well, I'm talking like I'm talking about Bergevin, but I don't don't think Bergevin is quite quite rinse, wash. I think he's trying to do something different. I just don't think he really knows which way he's going yet. I think Molson's saying, we need playoffs, we need playoffs, we need playoffs. The fans are saying, we need playoffs, we need playoffs, we need playoffs. And I think if you would have just came right out and said, you know what, I'm building through the draft, we're not going to make the playoffs. Playoffs is not my priority. I think things would be different and a lot easier. Uh, But that's not what was come out. That's not what was said. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, um, Molson personally, is saying, we need playoffs. Uh, the fans want playoffs, everyone's fan, but the fans would be happy with no playoffs if they knew uh, the long-term goal. And I think that's the issue right now, is people like me had an idea of what they thought the long-term goal was, and now that goal is kind of convoluted, I guess, or it's kind of uh, not sure. We're not really quite sure, uh, or I'm not quite sure what the uh, long-term goal is. So... Yeah, so Bergman, make a goal. You have the off season to do this. I know you like your June trades. I know you like your uh, uh, whatever. Uh, the draft is in Montreal right now. Ottawa owns the draft, uh, so Ottawa right now is already the winners at the draft, unless they really 
fuck it up or do something stupid that uh, um, we we lose it. So, but uh, you really, yeah, you really gotta got to uh, get somewhere where we can uh, know what's going on. So anyway, that's my podcast. Uh, you know. It's just going to be one of those things where everyone's going to be sad for a while because we don't know what's going on. Say something, so, I'm giving up it. on you. This is your message. Anyway, have a great week. Habs Unfiltered on Friday. I'll be the one if you want me to. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.